This is LBC with Nick Abbott. Call 0345 6060 973. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Let's talk to Simon Marks, LBC's US correspondent. He joins me from Washington, D.C. Hello, Simon. Evening, Nick. How are you doing? I'm all right, thanks. How are you? Good. Um, Shall we start with Stephen Bannon? Uh, Definitely. The ally of uh, former President Donald Trump, been indicted on two counts of contempt after he defied a congressional subpoena from the House Committee investigating the insurrection, the attempted coup at the uh, US uh, Capitol. Is this um, uh, a common occurrence? Um, It's not common at all. And indeed, it took the Department of Justice, headed by Attorney General Merrick Garland, 22 days to decide whether to take action against Steve Bannon, given that uh, he was facing a subpoena, that is an order legally compelling him uh, to turn up on Capitol Hill and testify in front of uh, one of the committees that is investigating the January the 6th insurrection uh, by Donald Trump's conspiracy theory-believing supporters and trying to get to the bottom of just which figures uh, within the former president's in a circle, bear responsibility and culpability, if any, uh, for stoking uh, that insurrection. Uh, Now, 22 days uh, was a a while for the Department of Justice to mull this over, and that's because you have to go all the way back to 1983 uh, to find an equivalent situation when a uh, former government official uh, was uh, charged with criminal offences for ignoring a subpoena. There's been uh, a bit of a precedent that you don't uh, go after your political opponents once you arrive in office as a new uh, president, in the case of Joe Biden, Attorney General in the case of Merrick Garland. But Stephen Bannon was and is in a very difficult position because he can't claim executive privilege, which is sort of the blanket immunity if, for example, you're Secretary of State or, um, uh, you know, Vice President and the committees of Congress say, right, we want you to come and testify about your communications with the President of the United States, you can invoke executive privilege and say, look, my my, uh, conversations with the President uh, were privileged and are legally shielded. Steve Bannon can't do that because he hadn't been working officially uh, within the White House or uh, government circles for three years prior to the insurrection of January the 6th. And uh, he is just the tip uh, of a potentially fairly large iceberg because there are all sorts of other people that Democrats want uh, to drag before them and indeed they have subpoenaed uh, and some of them already are now suddenly saying oh okay well I will show up and uh, I'll turn up for your hearing and they include the former National Security Advisor uh, Michael Flynn who suddenly insisted uh, as soon as news emerged of Mr Bannon's indictment that he suddenly has nothing to hide and he's terribly keen to go and testify. They can, of course, show up and testify and plead the Fifth Amendment against self-incrimination. But I think what what is going to be so interesting about Stephen Bannon's case is, as we all know, you know, the architect of uh, of President Biden's original election victory in 2016, a real pugilist. He is a political fighter. And he and his former boss may relish the idea 
of a Steve Bannon being jailed for up to a year, just as America is heading into its midterm uh, elections next November. I mean, the opportunity for Donald Trump to start telling his supporters that there are political prisoners in America and that by continuing to back his quest uh, to overturn a rigged presidential election, they can also express their disdain for the Biden administration locking up its political opponents. I mean, all of that may explain why the Department of Justice took so long to decide whether to go after him or not. Yeah, of course, Donald Trump would never even consider locking up his political Locking anybody up. He wouldn't even suggest (laughs) such a thing. Does does that mean that this executive privilege uh, rule, does that mean that Donald Trump is is, is, is clear from any of this? Um, Well, he's not clear from any of this because, of course, what the Democrats are trying to do is build the case that Donald Trump and or people in his inner circle absolutely had good reason to believe that there was going to be an insurrection uh, on January the 6th up on Capitol Hill. And the more we learn, you know, ABC's White House correspondent John Carl has just published a book called Betrayal Mm. and has aired today audio excerpts from conversations that he had with President Trump as he gathered uh, the data and the information together for that book in which President Trump uh, expressed no concern about Mike Pence's safety uh, within the Capitol building as an angry mob was going through the building in a bid to find Mike Pence because they said they wanted to hang him, uh, in which Donald Trump again absolutely insisted that Mike Pence could have done the right thing and overturned the outcome uh, of the election, even though there is absolutely no evidence to support the claim that Mike Pence could have done that constitutionally, nor indeed, of course, that the election was rigged. Uh, So the more these committees dig in and the more they investigate gatherings of Trump world officials that took place in the days uh, leading up to January the 6th, the more they they can build a case against him. I mean, what happens in an environment in which he's already been acquitted at an impeachment trial uh, is going to be a very difficult uh, question for them to answer. But I think what they are hoping to do uh, is to prove beyond any shadow of a doubt that the former president and the people around him uh, were engaged in uh, treacherous behaviour. They right, were but, engaged but what, in attacking the Constitution. Yes, but what would be the potential um, uh, uh, downside for Donald Trump uh, well, from all this? I mean, d- does it, is it such that because he's been president, he is insulated from uh, charges or consequences? If there was, if there were criminal charges that the Department of Justice thought it could pursue. Uh, the precedent has never been tested that you don't bring criminal charges against a former occupant of the White House. It is only a precedent. There's nothing on the statute books that says he couldn't be criminally charged. But, I mean, I think that would be a... a, a, it's, It's unimaginable at the moment that they would do that, not least because he would love that. There's nothing he'd like more than to be criminally charged with in connection with uh, efforts to overturn what he continues to insist was a stolen election. Mm. Odd thing about um, Steve Bannon, if you, you've seen uh, pictures of him, uh, mm. it, it's, it's odd that white supremacists always look like they've been assembled out of discarded body parts. <laughs> you know he's always wearing like three shirts. Yeah. Yeah, there's always multiple shirts layered upon each other. 
Uh, I don't know how that's going to go down in uh, in the uh, the DC jail if he ends up there. Uh, it's going to be fascinating to see him uh, hand himself over. I mean, bear in mind also, this is not his first um, flirtation with uh, legal difficulty because he was charged with conning people out of their... Uh, her hard-earned cash in what prosecutors argued was a fraudulent scheme to tell people that they could send money uh, to an organization that was going privately to fund the construction of the border wall along the US border with Mexico. Right. And the only reason that never led to a trial was because Donald Trump pardoned him. Well, uh, that pardon doesn't extend to all uh, behaviour, so mm. on this case, he's got to turn himself in tomorrow. Right. Let's talk about Joe Biden. Um, it's it's weird. They, uh, America added half a million jobs last month. The stock market is at an all-time high. He passed a massive infrastructure bill to fix roads and rail and airports and so on. The virus numbers are down, wages are up, and yet Joe Biden's poll numbers have sunk. What's going on there? Well, I think this will be very disappointing for the White House. A new ABC Washington Post poll today found that Joe Biden's approval rating is now at a record low of 41% and that it has fallen in the days since the passage of that massive infrastructure bill, a $1.2 trillion bill that, as we talked about last week, is going to be rebuild roads, bridges, airports, rip out all the lead pipes so everybody can drink water safely, bring broadband affordably even to the remotest corners of the country. The Democrats, and indeed Joe Biden and the White House, uh, triumph, uh, thought this was a triumph and absolutely trumpeted the idea that this was going to be the beginning of the turnaround for him and there's no evidence in this survey that that's the case and uh, I suspect that the reality is that if three months ago he'd succeeded in getting the infrastructure bill and remember he's got that other much bigger public spending bill that he's tr still trying to steer through Congress hmm. if he got it through Congress three months ago and unified Democrats around him uh, he might have enjoyed a bounce but after the country has watched the Democrats warring with each other for the last three months at the end of the day even though Friday a week ago they managed to get the thing through the reality is and you and I talked about this last week didn't we I mean the reality is the country didn't necessarily even notice it happened late on a Friday night but they've seen week after week after week of Democrats going after each other and a president of the United States who was unable successfully to bang their heads together and get stuff done yeah. and I think that typical that is playing left. into these numbers yeah, typical yeah, left form a circular shooting squad and take themselves out. I, I remember years and years ago, you know, when Newt Gingrich became the Speaker of the House of Representatives in that Republican revolution in the 1990s, if you recall, uh, built around the contract with America. And this new generation of Republicans at the time arrived in Washington, D.C., in the majority, and started getting stuff done rapidly. And Democrats at the time publicly were sort of saying... I can't believe it. They're all marching in lockstep. Mm. Because, of course, the Democrats never, ever do that. No. And it is always a playground uh, of, of, you know, wildly uh, differing viewpoints that find it very, very difficult to coalesce. 
Um, and, you know, Democrats argue, well, that's the strength of the Democratic Party, but it's definitely not showing up in these polls for Joe Biden. No, and there was a, a couple of polls just recently, um, elections, in fact, which, um, and one of them was lost by, was it, where was it, Virginia? Virginia, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wasn't it a guy who has no experience of politics whatsoever? He was a None truck, a truck oh, driver. Oh, that's New Jersey. The truck right. driver's up in New Jersey, right, right. yeah. He spent $123 on his campaign. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I mean, a, a, a video, his, his campaign uh, ad, his TV ad, I mean, it looks like I filmed it. I mean, literally, I think he got a mate to film it for him uh, on a cell phone. Spent $123 campaigning and managed to win the seat, the state, State Senate, uh, the president of the state Senate uh, in New Jersey, he managed to win this seat away from uh, a Democrat who had been there for uh, for a good long while. And then, of course, in Virginia, uh, a Republican with no uh, political track record, although an enormous war chest uh, that he'd personally funded uh, based on a highly successful business career, uh, is now uh, about to become the governor of Virginia, a state that Joe Biden won only a year ago by 10% point. So the electorate is sending a message to the Democrats, and it is that the electorate's in the mood for change. And that's got to be really worrying to uh, the White House 12 months out from midterm elections that could see the Republicans recapturing both houses of Congress. Blimey. Uh, so, huh. so who's going to be the next president of the United States of America? It's going to be... If, if Joe Biden doesn't run again, and it seems unlikely that he will, given his age, Kamala Harris is even more unpopular than he is. Yeah. I mean, she's in terrible shape. 28% approval rating uh, in the latest poll this week. I, I mean, to be fair to her, she could not have been given... Um, a worse hand to play by the President of the United States. I mean, it, you know, there was a former president, a former vice president, who uh, used to argue that the office uh, was not worth more than a bucket of warm spit. And I don't think he used the word spit. <laughs> um, and Kamala Harris certainly is discovering that Joe Biden, anything that's vaguely controversial, you know, immigration over the border, uh, this week she was in Paris trying to repair the relationship with Emmanuel Macron. Every pile of nightmare that Joe Biden is facing, he says to her, do me a favour, go and sort this out. Mm. Um, but she's also got political problems with the left wing of the Democratic Party because of her track record uh, as Attorney General out in California before she became uh, Senator from California. And at the moment, you know, it does not look as though she is a particularly viable candidate, which is why you've got other people beginning to flex their political muscles, well, including... Yes, yeah. don't, don't say it. Because, no. um, you know, <laughs> it, it does seem an extraordinary possibility that somebody from show business might go into politics, <laughs> but there is the possibility that our princess might... I mean, I think there's no... As you and I talked about a week ago, uh, she's out. She's putting herself out there. And this week Meghan was Markle, very we're public. About. We're talking Meghan about Markle. Meghan Markle, yeah. the Duchess of Sussex, who, having sort of engaged in a bit of a behind-the-scenes effort to rally support on Capitol Hill for President Biden's proposals for 12 weeks of paid family and medical leave for new parents in the yeah. United States, which is all wrapped up in that other spending bill that's still languishing on Capitol Hill, this week she 
went public and she appeared at a New York Times uh, summit uh, and uh, very, very um, uh, clearly nailed her colours not just to the mast of paid parental leave but indicated that as friends, unnamed friends, keep intimating, she's flirting with a political career. Now, there's a, uh, you know, there's a couple of opportunities for her. Uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein of California is retiring, veteran Democrat. Uh, that's happening in 2024, so maybe she throws her hat in the ring as a possible candidate for that vacant, soon-to-be-vacant Senate seat from California. Or maybe, like others uh, who are circling in the water, she looks at the situation here with Joe Biden's uh, approval ratings in free fall, Kamala Harris definitely not really a viable option, and she says, you know what? I've already watched one rich bloke from the telly uh, with no political track record whatsoever uh, go from uh, zero to the White House. Maybe I should give that a go. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's very, very early days. But um, anything at this point in American politics, as we all know, is possible. So I think definitely keep a very close eye uh, on uh, her political ambitions and how she chooses to uh, pursue them. It doesn't get boring, does it? It never gets boring. It's always great. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Simon. That's Simon yes, Marks, LBC's US correspondent, joining us from Washington, D.C.